0: going on champions clocks on the stove back in action I think this is random sports podcast number five if I'm not mistaken I think it's episode 97 Zach six 97 something like that um yeah usual host myself Grayson Fisher holding it down in the 813 with me my partner in crime holding it down in the I don't know the area code but for 954 954 yeah 954 uh Mr. Zach Watts Zach, you yeah. said you had a, an interesting conversational topic to start us off with today.
1: Yeah, um my hot take of the day is um guns may be the best and worst invention ever. Um I've been recently what like I've gotten a lot of like samurai feed on my social media and I just think it'd be a lot cooler if everyone walked around with a samurai sword and was just dueling it out. Um, you know, you can't I mean, you technically could commit a mass murder, but if you commit a mass murder with a samurai sword, you're kind of, you kind of become a legend. You're not really, you're kind of skilled. You're kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not really like disrespected or like called insane. They're like, oh my God, that guy studied the sword. Yeah. That guy, that guy was like that. I like like the idea of it too, because like
0: you can be an absolute puss pop and just own a gun and kill someone and be like, yeah. But like to duel a sword, you have to be strong and like, you have to know how to fucking use that shit. So like, hand-to-hand combat and sword-to-sword war, like, those are some badass motherfuckers. They're not just some dudes pulling triggers, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that's why, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, you know, I think you'd respect someone a lot more if they pulled a sword on you, but, like, yeah. you, you can pull a gun and you're like, oh, this guy's fucking insane. Dude, also, like, imagine, like, being at Publix and you're, like, walking
0: out with your grocery cart and there's just two dudes dueling in the fucking street. That would be awesome. Now, if it's two guys having a shootout, horrifying. But dueling swords, you're gonna sit there and watch. Like that's that's sick.
1: Yeah, I call my I call my boss. And I'm like, yo, I'm gonna be late to work. There was a shooting. Oh my god, are you okay? Hey, uh, I'm gonna be late to work. There's a fucking duel right now. They're gonna be like, yo, how fucking sick is that? Yo, get some pics. Get some pics. Video that. Like if you just saw a war breakout where like they're just on horsebacks and swords, and they're like, send out your best warrior. We're gonna send out mine. And we're just gonna break each other's will. Like right before we even start. Like that? Yeah. I just um, I just watched The Last
0: Samurai with my dad last week for the first time, and my dad was like, "You can't be called the American Samurai and not watch this movie." And he like, Made me. He like literally sat me down and made me watch it, and it's a great film. It is a great film. Um, you do you do gain that appreciation of that like martial arts esque to it that you don't necessarily get with guns. Now, listen, there's a lot of cool guys that are like very handy and craftsmen. Worthy with with guns, and I think that's cool too. I just think there's a different art when it's like somewhat manual labor when it comes to the blade. You know,
1: yeah, like you get you get muscles from swinging a sword around. Yeah, you, I don't really get nothing from pulling a trigger.
0: There was literally a 100 year war because they would brawl for like two days and be like, "Yo, we got to take a week off. We're so fucking sore." And they yeah. would like recover and then go back. Like you could like it's it's grueling. It's really grueling.
1: Yeah, I feel like we kind of lost it during the medieval saga because they were like, well, What if we just wore armor? And then they didn't really kill each other. They were just like, We're gonna bludgeon you until like you can't move or your your brain stops working. So at that point it's like I the
0: like middle- you get hit.
1: You hit one too many times and you're like, I quit. Sorry.
0: Like the most badass is the Spartans. They wore no armor, just a shield and a spear and like a mini sword. they had a little little dagger sword on them. And, and they're like, we get yeah. to be more like versatile and agile. We can move better, and we just fight in unison. And they were fucking monsters, yeah, monsters. The the my my favorite. There's a shit ton. I'm gonna to go rewatch this movie later. There's a shit ton of good parts in 300. Also, what I love about the movie 300 and the the following one, they're both extremely accurate historically. Yes, there's Hollywood effects like adding things, but story wise, it's extremely accurate historically. I love when they run into that like other tribe. They're like, we want to help you fight. And they're like, what's your profession? He's like, I'm a craftsman. He's like, what's your profession? He's like, I'm a teacher. And like, what's your profession? Like, they, they all say that. And he goes, Spartans, what's our profession? And they just go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, that part, I'm like, holy shit, I want to go fucking fight, and per- fight the Persians now. Like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, the only thing that wasn't accurate about that movie is they didn't show how gay they were. hmm Yeah. For those of you that don't know. Was it really gay, though? Or it was just like, we love everyone. I mean, dude, I may love a lot of dudes, but I don't love them like that. I, I don't know, man. Guy, I don't know, man. It's a little, it's a little weird. Not, not. Yeah, right. everyone
0: was fucking everyone
1: back then, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I, I guess. too, A little too animalistic, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. yeah just a little. But uh, anyway, let's uh, get back to sports. We spent five minutes on uh, some dude things. One of the things that showed up in my feed that was actually a pretty interesting question was which Sean has the better chance. I of- saw
0: this. Yeah, I saw- I'm sorry to interrupt your question. I did see this.
1: Yeah, Sean Strickland over Izzy, or Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling. Now, at- Sean, Dude, sorry because I interrupted you. So it's which Sean has the better chance at upsetting the title. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. um- well, before we answer that question, can we agree that? Sugar Sean is very much deserving of a title shot, where Sean Strickland, not so much.
1: Yeah. well, I mean, I talked about this in the recent TikTok I did, where a lot of people were upset because they were like, how are we going to give Sean Strickland a title fight against Izzy And when Bilal Muhammad has like a nine-fight win streak and he's not getting a title shot? But, you know, I think people need to understand that there's – uh. Big difference between the two. Not only how the division set up, you know, you look at more so in Izzy's division, he's already lapped the division prior to Pereira, like one and a half times. Yeah, one and a half times. So throwing Sean in there, like, really isn't the worst decision. Sean's great with the media. Like, he's always going to say something so outlandish that it's going to get views. Um, you know, the trash talk is going to be awesome. It's it's something that like it's going to be enjoyable from an entertainment perspective. You know, regardless of how the fight goes down per se, like it. It's just something that, like, made sense, I guess. Whereas you look at Bilal Muhammad and his division, you know, I understand that Colby is fighting Leon right now. I understand that they have that set up. But Bilal is the more deserving guy for the title shot. I think another thing people need to understand is within that division, it's one of the most inactive divisions I've seen in all of UFC. Like, it takes a long time for those fights to really pan out, get pen to paper, and actually, like, go through and even when they do go through like they are great fights the majority of the time like they tend to put on bangers but the issue is is it's not as consistent and that division's kind of been in the dumps ever since gsp left Mm -hmm. ever since he kind of retired you know they've always been scrambling for their like face of the division they've been scrambling for kind of like who wants to be like the representative and you know i've always been a big believer that politics have never really played a huge part in combat sports and i know you share this sentiment because Similar to wrestling, you know, it's not, oh, who looks better? It's did this guy beat this guy? That's what dictates who gets the top shot that d- dictates who's the best. But we kind of are playing politics a little bit. You know, the reason why we're kind of holding off on Bilal is because a lot of people don't really like Bilal. And like, I'm not the biggest fan of him either, but I have to respect him. Like no, the dude- it's, it's 100% political. Um, do I think Bilal is
0: better than Colby? No. Do I think Bilal deserves the shot more? Yes. And I think that... You know, and let's be completely honest, Zach. it's we could say whatever we want and we can try to defend them and we could do all this number pulling and all this and that. At the end of the day, the only reason Colby's getting this shot over Bilal is pay-per-view sales. Colby's going to sell way more than Bilal is. And at the end of the day, Papa Dana, Uncle Dana only cares about money. Um, and we see that as they're in a federal lawsuit right now due to becoming a monopoly in the MMA game, which we can touch on in a second. The other thing is. Due to this fact, Zach, I think that's why you're starting to see such a popularity grow in both Bellator and the PFL, where they have this tournament style of play to get your championship, where it's not political. It's not, you know, you get put into a tournament of 16 people, but I think it's eight in PFL, 16 in, in Bellator, right? You have to be good to get there. Yes, maybe one to two guys jumped over a guy that's a little bit better than them because of popularity, but for the most part, and PFL doesn't exist. And Bellator, that might happen occasionally. And PFL, it's it's a point system, so it's all about how you did in the regular season to win that bracket and become the world champ. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how many pay per view sales you buy or you sell, excuse me. All it matters is if you win. And I think that's why you're starting to see this. It, obviously, listen, the, the the fans and the growth of it is not near the UFC yet, but it's starting to get there. It's definitely starting to get there. You're starting to see more average people know who the Bellator champions are, know when it's a Bellator Grand Prix, know when the PFL finals are, you know, and it's awesome because you're going back to the old school style of martial arts where it's not about the eye test. It's not about money. It's about who, if we lined all these motherfuckers up in a room and made them fight each other, who is going to come out on top? And you're starting to see that, you know, and now you have um Bellator's, their final promotions in October with four title fights, which is awesome, by the way. But and then who knows what's going to happen? And from what I'm reading, seems very likely the PFL might snag them. And then that happens and the UFC lawsuit with the Monopoly. We could be looking at a whole new era of mixed martial arts within the next three to five years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm all for having competition in the market. You know, whenever there's companies competing against one another, they're going to do their best to kind of promote their fighters and like retain the best of the best. Like that's just the natural order of things. It's how it works in any facade of life. So I'm all for it. I think another thing I really enjoy about the Bellator system and kind of having this tournament style is narratives write themselves. Like with a lot of the fights that they have, you know, they don't need to like add any extra seasoning to the pot. They don't need to kind of stir anything up. Like the fights write themselves and the narratives come like every fighter has their own story like they have a motive they have a motivation excuse me they have a reason for doing what they're doing and just the fact that the bellator cares about their fighters and like allows them to express themselves in their own way you know kind of boost them like people find out about these fighters and they get to learn about them more and then that's how you develop fans with the ufc i kind of feel like a lot of the time it's just like oh if this guy isn't the champion like you don't really care about him like you look at peter yawn's Fall up now I, I will say this: Peter Yan does have a lot of fans. It's just hard to say from an American perspective because we really only are accustomed to the people that have a voice within the American like social media presence. But there are some American fighters that once they don't win anymore, they they fall off like they just fall off the map. No one really cares anymore. No one really does anything or really like brings them up anymore. You know, one fighter in another organization that. I'm glad he's finally getting a second chance again, a Sage Northcut. You know, he was so big for the UFC and he was just such a promising star and, you know, took a lot of time off, but finally came back and got a chance in another organization and is proving his worth as a fighter again. And people are respecting that and they're starting to give him more credit again. But, you know, if he were to re back to the UFC, I don't think that would have been the case. I, I feel like they would have either tried to push it too hard back in the spotlight where they would have given him a fight that he probably wasn't ready for yet, which would have immediately killed him off or they would have just brushed him under the rug being like, yeah, this guy's older now, like his hype train died. We're not going to try to like revive it. So, you know, I do feel like Dana needs to learn some things. And I do think uncle Dana's back is against the wall with this whole lawsuit thing. And with fighters starting to reveal more of their contracts. And, you know, we're starting to clear the mist on how much money fighters are actually learning or earning, excuse me. Yeah,
0: Oh, this is what we think they're getting. Now they're like, actually like, Like those, there was, I don't know if you saw this in the Utah card, four fighters publicly announced their pay. Yeah. It wasn't like you go online and we go, well, based on their contract, they were like, no, 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 this is exactly what I got paid. Because the the state of Utah Athletic Commission legally lets them do that. It was Kevin Holland, um, the guy that fought uh, Derek Lewis and the two undercard people. They publicly released They're like this is exactly to the penny how much I got, how much money we got.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that brings up another point. Dana could have done a great job of saving some face amidst this whole, like, money controversy. I mean, you want to bring up an example? Look at Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Dude made weight. His opponent missed weight, is under him in the rankings, and because Wonderboy didn't take the fight, which would have hurt his case more likely than not, even if he would have won, hurts his case because not only does he not get paid, now he's getting backlash because he didn't take the fight, even though the dude didn't. Make, not only did he not make weight, he would have probably been at a severe disadvantage had he still gone through with the fight. So, and so what he, talked about. he is getting paid. Dana did come out to right. that. He is getting
0: paid. He's only getting a percentage of the purse. And this is one of those things, Zach, where I actually agree with Dana. Um, Wonder Boy is going to get paid his his show purse, which I some guys it's 50%, some guys it's 60%. He's going to get... He's gonna get probably like a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is very not bad, very not bad. But yeah, like you don't get your full purse if you don't fight. That's not how that works. And I honestly agree with him. I I agree with both ends. I agree with Wonder Boy not taking the fight. Prime example of this: Bubba Jenkins, first round of the PFL last weekend. He's the number one seed in the PFL playoffs. Fought a four seed who missed weight. Got his ass beat. Now, am I saying that? That weight factor made it a, made a thing of it? No. But if Bubba Jenkins didn't take that, he'd be in the finals fighting for a million dollars right now. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, But I also agree to the same extent. Yes, they're not punishing you for not fighting, but you're not going to get your fight purse if you didn't fight. And I agree with that. I agree with that. He is getting his show money, and I believe he's getting a little bit more. He might be getting like 60 65% of his contract. And we're talking about a veteran contract, so he's making almost $200,000 off this. So yeah. – I honestly is one of the few moves I do agree with the UFC and I still agree with Wonderboy not taking that fight. Especially if these rumors come out that he is fighting Usman because that fight's way more uh influential and and uh purposeful for his journey than Michel Pereira was.
1: Yeah. I you know, with that kind of like rumors swirling around with Kamaru coming back and fighting Wonderboy, you know, it just kind of confuses me. I mean, I can understand it from a money sense why Wonderboy would take it. But he had stated previously that he was done taking on wrestlers. Like he had already taken on set. But you need to remember, Usman's knees are fucked. He only has two to three
0: shots in him for the whole fight. So if Wonderboy can go out there and... Dude, he literally said it in his UFC Embedded when he went to fight Leon the second time. He has to walk downstairs backwards because he can't front load his knees anymore. So yes, he is a wrestler... But he can't fully, like, wrestle fuck him like Gilbert Burns did. His his body's too beat up. So I think if there's a time for – if this fight was three years ago, Usman mauls him, mauls him. But if there's a time where this fight makes sense for Wonderboy, it's right now. And that's why I think he's cool with taking it.
1: Yeah. I See, I can agree with that, Mark. I also just think a lot of it is like, hey, we know you said you wouldn't take wrestlers, but here's a million dollars. yeah. <laughs> Day, I'll fight like, Francis.
0: We are
1: yeah, for like, now, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm fucking, I- I'm Stephen Wonderboy Nerga Medov. Like, what- what's going on, baby? But no, nah, in all seriousness, um, I I do want to see the fight. I think Wonderboy is completely correct when he came out previously and was like, the only reason I backed out of the fight is I'm approaching the end of my career. I want to make one last title run. I'm not going to make any stupid decisions. I get that. Now that I know he is getting at least a show purse, that's a step in the right direction getting paid full just because guys miss weight and stuff like that. Obviously you can't control that. I think maybe a good clause to have in the future, although with all the stipulations, this would be hard to work out. But, you know, if you are going to risk pulling out of a fight because a guy missed weight, you need to have another fight lined up for him in case there's a fall through. It can't just – do for big fights. So for like really big – like the BMF, they probably had a third guy
0: weigh in. Um, For every title fight, they usually have an alternate – but this fight wasn't big enough to, to bring an alternate in.
1: Yeah, I agree. Speaking of big fights or the lack thereof, um, I saw another tweet that was talking about what potential fights could save this Izzy uh Sean Strickland card. Dude,
0: it's a really fucking bad card.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna go through some of the fights that are on it. Now, given wait, real are- quick before
0: we go on this, I wanna I wanna piggyback off something you said about five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, how the welterweight division's inactive. If you like Izzy or you don't like Izzy, I'm I'm very, like, in the middle. Sometimes I really like Izzy and sometimes I really don't like Izzy. You have to respect him as an athlete for being the most active champion we've ever had. I can't yeah. tell you someone who – there's there's fighters that are more active than him that fight, like, every month. But I've never seen a champion fight every three to four months like he has, top-level guys. And sure. that's the thing is, like, yeah, they're giving him Sean Strickland. They're not doing it – Let's be real. They're not really doing it because Sean deserves it. They're doing it because Izzy wants to fucking fight, and he doesn't care who shows up. You yeah. do not see that level of dog in champions anymore. Yeah. I mean, what, Aljo fights once every six to eight months? Like, you got it. regardless of your stance or opinion on Israel Sanya, you have to respect his activity. He is fighting non-stop.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, a lot of the times, people want to hate on guys, but... You look at guys like Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland may never be like a champion per se in a weight division, but dude's last five fights are all on short notice. Mm. Dude, does he give a shit? His whole, Kevin Holland's whole like philosophy on fighter pay is he's just like, take more fights. He's like, yeah. just fight more. He's like, you want more money, just fight. And there he's like, getting paid. All right. But he's also getting paid 300 000 to 500,000 fights. Oh yeah, because right before like the fight after Kamzai, he's like, "I'm retiring," and then fucking Dana's like, "We're gonna pay you a quarter of a million dollars," <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I'll fight now." He goes, "I'll fight today." I was like, "We back, bitches." he's like, "I'll fight every day." He goes, "He goes as long as I'm medically cleared, I will fight on every day yeah. of the week if I had to." Which honestly, respect, I. I wish I could see Kevin Holland uh, in a longer fight camp, but honestly, every time I watch him fight, I'm like, does this dude even need fight camps? I think it works
0: in his favor. I think he's one of those guys where he just stays ready year round and like his his style of play doesn't really come out strategy-wise. He just fights.
1: Yeah, it's more more at a disadvantage for his opponents to find out that they're fighting Kevin Holland on five days notice than it is for Kevin Holland to find out whoever he's fighting in five days because Kevin Holland doesn't give a fuck. Kevin Holland, yeah. I saw. I think I sent it to you. I saw someone
0: made. So Kevin Holland and and Derek Lewis fought back to back, on uh no they did not. I'm sorry, but they fought on the same card. Uh, that last card for the BMF, and they're both from Texas. They're both Texas boys, so they're like really cool. And someone made a fire fucking edit of uh uh Big X the Plug, who's like a real big rapper from Texas. Uh, and it was just him and Holland like hanging out after the fight, and then an edit of their two fights combined. It was tough. It was yeah, tough. That is tough. But yeah, let's go back to this card, dude. This card is fucking butt cheeks. Our yeah. main event is Izzy versus Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland is two and two in his last four. Yeah. Our co-main is Tytuevasa versus Alexander Volkanov. Eh. I love, I love Ty. He's not world
1: class, and Volk is the same thing. They both. He's not, he's not. They're not co-main. They're not. Yeah, they're not co-main. Not on a pay. Not on a pay card. Yeah. You take away the main event of this. This is a fight night card. This yeah. is a. This is a fight night card. The now the
0: reason why it kind of works with um, Ty and the Komei is because the card is in Australia, and yeah. that's going to help sell it. The, honestly, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. The best fight on this card is Kai Car France versus Manuel Cappy. Like that's yeah. an actually really good fucking fight. Yeah, but the rest of the card is fucking terrible, dude. Yeah, like the a guy on the card whose legal name is Blood Diamond. His yeah, full name is Brad. Blood Diamond. But that's hard though. No, it is not. Not when you're three and two. Not when you're fucking three and two, brother.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really honestly, the the best thing is you make the name, the name doesn't make you. Like Like, you could literally be named, like, anything in the world. Like, Pink Floaties. And if you're 19 and 0, like, people are going to be like, dude, Pink pink Floaties.
0: Yeah, people are going to be wearing Pink Floaties in the crowd.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, people are going to think that's hard. But if you're 3 and 2 named Blood Diamond, they're just going to be like, all right, dude, you watched one, like, one movie. I forget his name. wasn't Leo DiCaprio. What? Who's the main? Who's the fucking main character in Blood Diamond?
0: I've never even seen Blood Diamond.
1: You've never seen Blood Diamond? No. It's actually a great movie. Uh, I think you would enjoy it. Um my neck is- it, is it is Leonardo DiCaprio. Am I tripping? Mm. Yeah, it it is Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Give me a quick uh give me a quick spark notes on this. I've never even heard of this movie.
1: Yeah, so a fisherman, a smuggler, and a syndicate of businessmen match wits over the possession possession of a priceless uh, diamond.
0: Bro, fuck that. Just tell me what it is. Oh my god. Have you first. not
1: seen it either? I have, but like I saw it back <laughs> with my dad when I was like eight, and I was just like, oh my god, the movie's so cool. <laughs> um Problem is it keeps showing up as like the Wikipedia because it's based off like real events. Like it's Mm -hmm. like how like children in the Congo would always like mine for shit. It literally shows like six-year-old shooting RPGs and shit fighting against like militiamen soldiers. Like remember how like remember the whole like Kony 2012 movement? This is like this is like what Kony was using it for. By the way, finding out Kony 2012 was fake was the biggest mind-blowing thing in my entire life. Oh, dude, I know. And they've got like a million dollars from the government. Yeah, dude, I mean. The fact that you were able to make that seem real, because everyone believed it. We were like, oh my God, like they're using children in the wars. Bro, they had a
0: whole fucking they had a whole fucking like YouTube two hour documentary. And I remember watching it crying, like, fuck, dude, fuck Coney, man. Like, we gotta be, we gotta beat him. And it was all fake. It just <laughs> showed it just shows our lack of fucking knowledge. And actually, I want to piggyback off of this into a talking point I wanted to bring up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I just watched the Johnny Manziel Untold documentary. I don't know if you. I don't know if you watched it or not.
1: I, I haven't seen it yet.
0: It, seen first it. of all, it's fucking fire. It is fire. I am the biggest Johnny Manziel dick rider. He is. So, he changed college football so much, and he was such a big advocate and large reason to why these college kids get paid. And the other thing I love about Johnny Manziel is, did he fuck up? Absolutely, he fucked up, and he admits that he fucked up. But he didn't fuck up in a lot of ways these other guys do, where he's like killing people or raping or beating women like he just partied that was it like there's no accusations of him doing anything that's like really bad okay he just partied and he was like dude in his junior year sophomore year his true redshirt freshman year when he won the heisman texas a&m football made 780.5 million dollars and he got zero pennies of it zero pennies of it and he signed jerseys for them and shit and he's like fuck this bro Fuck this, you know, yeah. and if I was 19 years old and someone offered me a $100,000 of signed cards, I would also do it, especially yeah. when you deserve to be making that fucking money. Yeah. Anyways, when he started doing that and he started blowing up, the NCAA started investigating him. They're like, he's driving a really nice car. He's sitting courtside at these games. Like, what's going on? And his best friend, who was like his. I, I guess you could say like his like lawyer at the time, like his agent, it was just his best friend, who just took the fall for him for everything, was like it, the NCAA investigated and they were like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like Johnny comes from a very wealthy family. Like his family has a lineage in the in oil. And the NCAA was just like, yeah, that checks out. Checks out. <laughs> never looked into it. Never looked into it. Never trying to find a backstory. They were just like, yeah, that makes sense. And just let it happen. And and I, I'm watching with my dad and he goes, This is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. The highest level of NCAA narcs, like it's a whole department dedicated to, to try to bust athletes that are like illegally taking money. And instead of looking into it, they were just like, yeah, that checks out. That makes sense. And he's a white kid driving a nice car. Yeah, that makes sense. And then they just went along and he, all, everything was dropped. Like, oh yeah, he's good. He got suspended one half of an of opening game versus Rice. That was yeah. it.
1: Yeah. What probably happened was, is the NCAA sat down with like Johnny and his like best friend is a And they're like, yeah, look, look at these highlights versus Florida. And they're like, oh, shit. They're like, yeah. oh, shit. By the way, funniest part was the only clip I saw, which was like, dude, Johnny's logged no hours watching film. And like, dude, he has to watch some film. He goes, his iPad hours is 0.0. 0. And then Johnny, it cuts to Johnny and goes, yeah, goes, like, I didn't dude, watch it. That's another reason why I like him
0: so fucking much, bro. He's that, just, that good. He was just that much better than everyone. Yeah. He would part and, and Cliff Kingsbury was his um offense coordinator at the time and he talks about it in the documentary. He was he would the, when they played um, Mississippi State, which was the like one of the biggest games for them that season, they just come off of a roll. It's the week before Alabama. They're ranked like 15th. Mississippi State's ranked like 13th. It's like a really big game. They called it the snowball. Mississippi State was in a blackout and Tech them was in a whiteout. They do their like uh Friday morning like like walkthrough and Johnny shows up hung over his balls. And they're like, oh, my God, dude, like, this is the most important game of your career, blah, blah, whatever. Best game he ever played in college. Best game he ever played. And Cliff was like, instead of trying to fight it, we just let him do it. as long as he showed up, we kind of let it go. And that's what's incredible to me is that this man went out there, beat Alabama, beat UF, should have been in the SC Championship, won a Heisman as a freshman, first guy to ever do it. And he just played pickup football. He didn't study the playbook. He didn't, like, treat his body like a temple he got hammered, partied, and then just went out there, hung over, and was like, all right, let's see what happens. And he would just throw 500 and run 200. Like, he was just
1: better than everyone else. This this brings up an interesting point. Um, so Netflix makes this whole documentary about it, about all this illegal stuff that Johnny Menzel was doing and the issues that, like, surrounded it. But yet he get, gets to retain his Heisman trophy. But Reggie Bush doesn't hmm Little, little interesting.
0: You know, little- Reggie Bush last year when they dropped the NIL, uh, I don't know the proper terminology for it. If it was like subpoena or, or something like along those lines, where he sent a file in with a lawyer to the NCAA stating, now that compensation towards players' names, they're allowed to get money. I would like my Heisman back, and they told him no.
1: Yeah, because he was. Wearing- and you also,
0: you also know. They didn't take Reggie Bush's Heisman. Reggie Bush gave it to them. He goes, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Here, take it. I don't want it. They didn't actually take it from him.
1: Yeah. They took his Heisman. They took his title, 14 wins, 10-year ban from his alma mater, seven years worth of sanctions, 30 scholarships revoked, two-year bowl ban, all of it. But Johnny Manziel... Snort snort some cocaine off some women and it's telling you champion, champion.
0: Um, on top of that, I don't know why this doesn't get talked about enough. The University of Tennessee just had 200 allegations dropped, 200,
1: 200. Just yeah, you're you're fine. You see all them goddamn Tyler Childers, Tennessee football edits, you see all them football, dude. They beat Alabama. They're yeah, like, hey, I, 200 charges. I just, I just think it's, God, it's ridiculous,
0: bro. And I actually, I remember watching a Reggie Bush clip and they're like, after they won the, the NCAA title, they all, they fly back to LA and Reggie calls his coach and he's like, coach, I have no money for food and I, my fridge is completely empty. Like I, I can't eat. So his coach went and bought him and the, all the guys that stayed in his room, like $200 worth of Taco Bell and just gave it to them. And that is still illegal. That's still illegal recruiting. And it's like they just won an NCAA t- title and they don't have money to get food. And their coach bought them Taco Bell. And if they found that out, they would have been in trouble. Like, it's so corrupt. And I and I don't fully agree with how we have the NIL. I think it should have been introduced slow and then started ramping its way up rather than going from 100 and now being like, shit's fucked. But that was, once again, like we talked about with Elijah, that was just the NCAA's way of being like, look, we solved we solved all the problems. You know we're good. Look, you're getting money. Instead of reality, it's like no, you didn't. You didn't solve shit.
1: Yeah. Ah. Uh, it, it's what like we keep going back to it, and we'll we'll always reiterate the same things. Like we shouldn't have, we should have at least thought it out a little better. But yeah. NCA had their back against the wall to the point where they're just like, take your fucking money. They're like, yeah. they're like <laughs> and they love it because it's not their own money. Yeah, they're like, we don't care. Take the money. They're like, yeah. we'll just stop, stop doing shit. Now they're just trying to find way like. Now they're a little more aggressive on cracking down on illegal shit. They're yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. we're gonna find a way for you to prevent you getting money, but we'll still let you get money. But what I um,
0: I saw a know? really fucking interesting tweet. I wanna I wanna word it properly just to make sure. Um yesterday that it's it's kind of because all this conference, all this conference stuff is getting a little crazy. It's getting a little crazy.
1: And by the way, in the meantime, yeah, uh, yeah, we yeah.
0: talked me this.
1: Yeah, we, uh, while well, Grayson's looking for that, we talked about this. In, you found it? Yeah. All right, go. So
0: this is by Reddit College Football. By the way, might be one of my favorite Twitter college football accounts. Very slept on. The Pac 12 could have added Power Five members in 2021, but their two biggest teams, USC and UCLA, voted not to. Those two teams then left the conference, which eventually collapsed. Okay. you You got that? Yep, The ACC can add Power Five members this year, but their two biggest teams, FSU and Clemson, voted not to. I'm just saying. Clemson and FSU I'm, are going go to go Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Hey, um, also, I do fuck. I've been seeing a lot of Notre Dame shit and I'm all for it. Why is Notre Dame just allowed to not be in a conference? In football. In every other sport, they are in a conference. But in football, we're like, fuck it. They'll do whatever they want. Like, I don't understand that.
1: Um, I blame Rudy. I blame Rudy. You're the biggest Rudy hater I've ever of met. All of all time. Because every player that ever talks about it, they're like, why the fuck did this kid get a movie? Like, he didn't even do anything. Yeah, no. And uh he was off sides. Yeah, he was offsides, by the way. Oh, yeah, by the way, we all fucking hated him, and he can never show his face around Notre Dame because we all fucking hate him. Yeah. Like, oh, but I got a movie, though. I got this movie, though. They're like, dude, I remember they interviewed the player. They're like, oh, so, like, did you all turn your jer- jerseys in? Fuck no. We didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, you think we gave it a shit about some practice squad guy? You know what movie should have been made? Um, who was the Arkansas – oh, they- there was a movie about this. Sorry. The Arkansas offensive lineman that was a walk-on – um, what is the movie called? Blindside. No. I don't
0: know, dude. I'm
1: working the map. We're oh, no, the that. We're we're that. Jimmy's price. Uh. Uh. Mo- yeah, it's called Greater. Never. Heard of it. It, so it's a it's a biopic about Brandon Bullsworth. What a um, name! Yeah, he joined the squad in nineteen eighty four. Walks on in 1994, becomes an All American and an NFL prospect. Where did he come from? Was a devout Christian boy, and uh, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, dude. What? Look, look, look him up. Look at his, look at his face. Look at it. Look at his fucking What's face. His name? What's his name? Brian Bolsworth. Look at what he looks like. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a big boy. He looks mean as hell. I might go, I might go watch this movie. I don't understand,
0: uh, though. What, was he, like, playing other sports? Was no, he... he
1: was just fat. He was just fat as shit. And they were like, yo, we're just going to get you to get become a little athletic and you'll become a monster. Yeah, no, he walked on. But the problem is, like, apparently, like, he just worked harder than everyone. Uh, oh, he he's really... dead. Yeah, he died. Yeah. In a car crash,
0: I think. Yeah, and a really bad car crash. That's sad.
1: Yeah. But the movie, the movie is goaded. I don't understand. Was he like just like a was he working out? Was he like a, a
0: military family? Like, how did you don't just like develop a dog like that? Like something had to
1: come prior to that. Bruh, it like what I really remember in the movie was he literally was like, goes to walk on, fatten out of shape, and then the O line coach is kind of just like. Hey man, if you really want to be serious about this, here's what you have to do. He, he was on a bunch of gear. Probably. But he was like, he was like, hey man, you if you want to you
0: sh- make the team, you need to take this TRT.
1: Yeah. But no, he like, like in the movie, the guy with he like one of his coaches like, Coach, I really he's like, I really want to do this. And he's like, You want to do this? He goes, be out here at 5 a.m. He goes, he goes, be this weight by this week. Make sure you can run this 40 times, yada, yada, yada. He does all of it every single day. Just like grinds his ass off, and then they're like, all right, we'll give you a shot. And then they line him up in practice against like Arkansas's like all American defensive end. And he pancakes him like in the first rep of practice. And then they ask the DM, they're like, what the fuck was that? And he goes, That ain't no walk-on. You're like, that ain't, that ain't no walk-on. You're like, oh hell no. Nah. And then on his way to all American, I'm, I'm gonna go fucking
0: nuts, dude. That's nuts. I think that um, I think that 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 gets overlooked with Baker Mayfield a lot too. That he was literally a walk on, and then he won a Heisman.
1: Fortunately, you can't make a movie about Baker Mayfield.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you ever seen the video when they're trying to arrest him, and he's like, "No, guys, it's okay. I'm Baker." <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. It's okay. I'm Baker Mayfield. And they're like, we don't care. I swear to God, that's what he says. He's like, he's like, no, guys, it's cool. Like, I'm Baker. They're like, you were drunk driving. He's like, I'm Baker. It's okay. I'm Baker. Fucking he's, Baker. In, he's in cuffs, and he starts, like, walking away. He goes, guys, I'm Baker. It's fine. And then goes to the sprint, and a, a fucking police officer just bodies him. And they're, like, on top of him. goes, I'm
1: fucking Baker Mayfield. Let me go. Oh, my God. That, that just seems like some shit. Like, if you're that much of, like, a campus, like, legend, though, I feel like that's some shit that you're just drunk and, like, you're just saying because you think you can get out
0: of it. He's probably used that and gotten out of a lot of things.
1: Yeah. You can pull – The crab
0: leg incident with Jameis, he was not stealing crab legs. They were giving him crab legs, and he got caught. So, then the public was like, he's stealing.
1: But, like, in reality, they were definitely like, "Yo, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Or no one ever considers this. Jameis can be an airhead at times. He may have just grabbed the crab legs and been like – just, like, walked out of the Yeah, just forgot. We, we are talking about the same guy that stood in the middle of Student Union and screamed, grab her by the pussy, got suspended, got suspended in the first half of the Clemson game, and then put on his pads and thought the team would forget he got suspended. Yeah, he thought the NCAA would just forget they suspended him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm just going like, to dress out warm up. And then fucking Jimbo, Jimbo got me. Jimbo's like, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, no, nah, it's straight. It's straight. He's like, he's like, I can play. And he goes, dude, no, the fuck, you can't. He goes, you're going to get us fucking suspended. Yo, shout out Sean fucking McGuire, though, for winning that game as a fucking backup. Whoa, whoa. He won the first half. No, he <laughs> played the whole game. Did he? Sean McGuire played the whole fucking game, dude. Yeah, that just shows you how dominant that FSU team was. Oh, that was, team dude. was
0: just so. Dude, they basically went up to Sean. They go, look, you're going to hand it off. Every fucking play. And we have three pass plays. If you hey. just don't throw a pick,
1: we will win this game. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah. Devontae Freeman and uh, what was it? Patrick. Was it Patrick? Patrick. Yeah, it was uh, uh, no, no. Jack Patrick. Jack Patrick. Yeah. Hey, we have Devontae Freeman and Jack Patrick. Oh, and five All-American offensive linemen. Yeah. If you throw a fucking interception, the school is going to crucify you. And Dude, that, that's
0: got to be a sick moment to know, like, he played two games in his college career and he beat Clemson and Notre Dame. Like that's got to be pretty fucking sick, dude. Legend. Like you did Legend. nothing in college. You just, just fucking sat. I mean, let me let me know. Right. you were you won a national championship yeah. ring behind James Winston. That's pretty fucking sick. But yeah. like you didn't have to do much. And then there was just two of the biggest games ever. And they're like, yo, we need you to just fucking do this shit. And he Alex Moran, that bitch. He didn't have like crazy stats. He just didn't. The defense did their job, and he just made the drives happen on offense.
1: Yeah. By the way, if there's anyone that is Alec Moran, it's him. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm just going to be back up and go get some pussy. And then they put him in, and he wins games. And he's like, oh, fuck, man. How does he win games? He wins games. He has two top five teams. Yeah, he's like, fuck, oh, dude. He's like, I'm starting. He's like, I don't yeah. want to start.
0: Yeah, I don't want to. Like, remember, remember when they, uh, in Blue Mountain State, Alex Moran, the other quarterback, battle out for second string? And the coach is like, why didn't you guys care this much about first string? Like, coach, you don't get it. Like
1: the difference of pussy between second string and third string is a huge drop. Yeah. Because uh, I remember they were like at practice and Moran was like throwing dots. And then the coach was like, Moran, keep playing like that. You're going to be first string. And he's like, got to throw a pick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, got to throw a pick. He's like, what the fuck, Moran? He's like, we're playing a little too good. We need to throw some in the dirt now. Yeah, we throw some in the dirt. Un- unidentified black man. Dude, that right. show was goaded. Uh, they killed it. The movie was terrible, though. They killed it with the movie. You want to you talk about goaded shows? I don't think anyone in the history of sports has ever gained more respect from a show than Kirk Cousins from this quarterback documentary.
0: I haven't watched it yet. My mom's watched it. She said it's really good. What do, what do you yeah. think about it?
1: So, I've mostly you just watched been watching... all of them. I, I know there's one with, like, Patrick. <laughs> I've just been seeing clips, but I know it follows. Um... And I
0: Marcus Mariota and Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, but – the way they followed Kirk, like, all the clips of Kirk show, like, it just shows that, number one, he's just a down-to-earth, like, Christian guy. Dude just never swears. Like, just a wholesome-ass dude. Always works his ass off for the team and consistently played through injury the entire year without without saying a word. Never complained it immediately. He took the blame for every single loss. Yeah, and then every single loss. Yeah, and then now, like beforehand, any of the things he did, people would be like, oh, he's cringe. He's not really like that good of a quarterback. He just has great weapons. And then now, like everyone's like, Kirk Cousins is my fucking hero. Like they're like, Kirk Cousins is the man I want marrying my children. Kirk Cousins is the greatest
0: 1 p.m. quarterback of all time, dude.
1: Indeed, indeed. And he will go down as that forever. Don't put him at 4 p.m. because he hasn't – that's too far away from when he went to church. He doesn't have the the power of God. Damn, that's
0: a good logic. That's a good logic. You think he's so good at one because he got out of church at like, 11? Yeah, I think the power of God is, like, I think Jesus is still in him, like. Because he's such a close window, and then, like, during the game, he's like, Oh, right, I'm just going to keep my hand on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but nice. if you want to watch something really cool, I, I mean, I knew of Kirk Cousins before because of he was at Michigan State. Um, Michigan State had low-key, like, a little run right there, when they had that Kirk Cousins, and then they went to fucking um, Connor Cook. Like, they had a good little flow. But if you want to watch something really dope, watch. uh, It's a Michigan State ceremony. And either Kirk Cousins won, like, uh, male athlete of the year or football player of the year. He won some award. It's like an eight-minute long thing where he goes and speaks. And it's, like, really – he's young. He's, like, 21, 22. It's a really cool, humbling moment because I don't think he – I don't think he credits himself one time. He gives credit to his coaches. He gives credit to his teammates. He gives credit to God. He gives credit to his family. He does not one time say, like, yeah, I was the best. Like, I did this. Like, it's a really humbling, cool video to watch, and it, it gives you an insight on Han who Kirk Cousins really is and not what the media portrays him to be.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. One of the tweets that I just came across that is actually pretty based, um, we were talking about this earlier about like the UFC Hall of Fame and whether or not certain fighters deserve to be in it, and there was an argument on Twitter whether RDA deserved um, to be – by the way, by the way, only fighter to ever surpass eight hours of octagon time. Um has yeah, is- like
0: 40 UFC fights.
1: Not yeah. MMA fights, UFC
0: but, fights.
1: Yeah. Wait, but um, we'll touch on that uh, after this. But he came out and said he doesn't, he said he doesn't meet the criteria to fight for the BMF belt because he's never actually held UFC gold. No, so no, no,
0: because he has actually held UFC gold.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I can't yeah.
0: fight for the BMF title because I'm overqualified because I've actually been a champion. That's what based, he said. Based.
1: Based. I think super, that's tough. Super based. By the way. You think that's tough? No, it is tough. No, I, I'm. That's why I said it's based. Like that. Yeah. That's just hard. But here's the thing: people need to understand when we have these like arguments about like the UFC Hall of Fame because there's not like a combat Hall of Fame. It's literally just the UFC Hall of Fame.
0: They, um, I think eventually we need to get to a combat Hall of Fame. There's too many guys that are amazing martial artists that didn't fight in the UFC or their career was better out at other places. Like it just yes, like,
1: I yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Here's the thing that people need, need to understand throughout all of sports and like let's for example let's go through baseball there are a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame that if you were to compare their stats to today they probably wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if you read if you did it over however they set the standard for the Hall of Fame back then that doesn't mean we go back and like revoke them because they're no longer good compared to the people today it's kind of the same thing with MMA dude the UFC has only reached its 30 year anniversary we're in the first 30 years a lot of the guys that are going to get in are probably never going to hold gold are probably never like going to go on insane title defense with like title defenses they're probably never going to be like considered the cream of the crop for divisions but you know there's no like baseline or standard for what qualifies you for getting into the UFC Hall of Fame you know i look at a ton of you look at rda held gold Surpass eight hours of octagon time. Only fighter to do that. I'm pretty sure there's like a multiple other quotes we could go on. I'm, I'm just going to look it up and fought find 40 it. 40
0: fucking times in the UFC. Yeah, fought 40 times in the UFC. Like Fought he, everyone and their mom, too. He's never ran from fights. And he's done it at, at lightweight and welterweight.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, well, I'm pulling it
0: up. I just got him up. <clears throat> All right, here's some of his fight history. You ready? Yeah. All right, since he's been in the UFC... All right, let me go to right here. He's fought Jeremy Stevens. He's fought Terry Edom, Clay Guida, George Soparopoulos, Glenson Tabo. He's fought Evan Dunham, Donald Cerrone, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Benson Henderson, Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis, Donald Cerrone, Eddie Alvarez, Tony Ferguson, Neil Magny, Robbie Lawler, Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, Kevin Lee, Leon Edwards, Michael Chiesa, Paul Felder, Hanato Masiano, Rafael Fizev, and Brian Barberena.
1: I don't think those are all the people he's beaten. No, those, those are all the people he's fought. Yeah, okay, I was going to say. Um, And he's like, held
0: the UFC world title, beat Anthony Pettis and Donald Cerrone for it, and we're talking about, like, not, like, Wash Donald, we're, we're talking about, like, Prime Donald.
1: Yeah. Like, here's here's a thread that people are in the with. UFC since 2008. Yeah. That alone should get
0: you into the Hall of Fame, bro. If you have 30 fucking fights in the UFC, you should automatically become a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah. Here's... Here's where like some discourse happens on social media that really pisses me off. This first guy, uh, no, twelve losses in the UFC should not get you into the Hall of Fame, regardless of the resume. So, so BJ Penn doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. So, who, BJ was, Pen- who were those losses? Rafael Faziv, who's a
0: dog. Michael Chiesa, very good. Leon Edwards, world champion. Kamaru Usman, world champion. Colby Covington, world champion. Tony Ferguson, world champion. Eddie Alvarez, world champion. Khabib Nurmagomedov, world champion. Tabo, he's been def- uh, fought for the title multiple times in other organizations. Clay Guida, Hall of Famer. Jeremy Stephens, Hall of Famer. Like, bro, what? Like, what the fuck do you mean?
1: Yeah, and here's another thing: they're like, if sixteen, if sixteen wins and fourteen losses and two, uh, like disqualifications gets you into the Hall of Fame, you might as well throw everyone in there. You shouldn't get in just for being a savage. Yeah, yes, you should. No, you, yeah, definitely should. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should. You are, you are a pinnacle of what the UFC is supposed to be—a fucking dog, like. Look, this may be my hottest take. I think Kevin Holland's going to be a Hall of Famer by the end of his career. And listen, I'm a huge RDA hater. You've never heard me want RDA to win.
0: I'll bash him and say all the time, like, I think he all the his big, big fights he loses. He's he's still a Hall of Famer, though. There's no way he's not a fucking Hall of Famer. Yeah. He won the belt and defended it. That right there, boom, stamp Hall of Fame. Like, that should be automatic Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. These are the same people that think Nate Diaz shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like it doesn't – or like Jim Miller shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Like I don't
0: fucking – you understand how hard it is to be in the UFC for more than two fights? Like By the way. I, what the average NFL career is what, a season? Half a season? Like it's even shorter in MMA, bro. It's like – you know how many
1: guys sign and go 0-2 and then you never fight again? Yeah. By the way, by the way, proposed fight. Jim Miller versus Tony Ferguson.
0: Good fight. Also, rewind real quick. I do think RDA is in the Hall of Fame. I also think if RDA did fight Connor when they were supposed to fight, I think Connor would have beaten the fucking piss out of him.
1: Yeah. People people need to understand this. I'm starting to lose my like fanboyism with Connor. I've loved Mine's been gone. Mine has been gone. Like what Michael Chandler said was so facts. What like when Connor used to speak, that shit held weight. Like whatever he said. It was like fucking gospel to MMA fans. Like it didn't matter. He could say sucking dicks is cool, and you would have you would have seen everyone suck a dick. Everyone would have sucked dicks.
0: Hey, yo. Hey. Pause, yo.
1: Pause. Pause. pause You're pause. not wrong pause. though, but you could have used a different
0: use. Route. Route. Yeah, we
1: we could have we could have gone a different direction, but we went that way. Anyway, but regardless, now when I, now Connor's kind of like lost weight, like Michael Chandler says, I completely agree. Well, people don't realize this. Prime Conor McGregor was like a prophet. A
0: yeah. prophet.
1: Mystic yeah. Mac. It's never been done. It'll never be done again either. Yeah, he, there will never be someone as influential to MMA as Conor Ever. McGregor. Ever again. Ever. Ever again. Mm-hmm. He literally put this shit on the map. He, he is the reason half the people go out to bars and everyone is locked the fuck in on fight night. He's the closest thing to a
0: Super Bowl in in any other sport, outside yes. of soccer, of course. But like, like yeah. people are like, "Yo, we got to clear our schedule. Conor's fighting Saturday." Like that doesn't that doesn't really happen. Yeah, we I mean, maybe, no, not internationally. It doesn't. Outside of it, does not happen internationally for any other fighter.
1: It doesn't. Yep. sorry, really doesn't. But like, I, I get it. He's removed from his prime. His fall off is kind of terrible. It's hard to see. You either live long enough to see yourself – or what is it? You either die you the, die hero, the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Um, It sucks to say that, but look, it happens to everyone. It, it's just how it is. His redemption arc would have to be he becomes like a pastor or some shit or starts – I think the only –
0: if I'm Colin McGregor, there's only two fights I take. There's two fights I take, and these are the only two fights I take. I fight horrible. I fight Jorge all because they're both they both sell a bunch. You don't gotta worry about wrestling. Or I fight Max Holloway at lightweight because they both sell a bunch. You don't gotta worry about wrestling. I Do don't not. see you taking any other fight. Do you not
1: fight Max Holloway? Well, so Max would body him, but I would see him taking it. Yeah, but absolutely not. Connor's not that stupid. Connor knows. <laughs> Connor knows. You can be cocky, but you would dude. When Volkanovski is literally begging Ilya Taporia not to fight Max because he knows if he fights Max, he's not going to get to fight him. He's like, yeah. He's like, please don't fight him. He's like, you're going to get fucked.
0: Yeah, people forget, like, Volk is the greatest featherweight of all time. Like, I'll confidently say that.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge
0: Max stan. But people forget how fucking good Max is. Yeah.
1: He, bro. Who, was, who was Max's last fight? Uh, Arnold Allen murdered him. murdered him, and Arnold Allen is really good, R- R- dude. Bro, he he
0: had he broke the strikes record on Calvin Cater, who's one of the
1: best strikers
0: in the UFC.
1: Yeah, we're talking about a man that learned his punch combinations from the UFC video game. Yeah, was literally just like, dude, while fighting Cater, looks at his camp. And goes, I'm the best boxer in the oh, UFC. Looks at DC. He looks at DC. Oh, he looked at DC. Sorry. Yeah. Looks at DC. He's like, I'm the best boxer
0: of the UFC. And then whoops his ass. While doing- punch is not looking, He's fucking. And yeah. since I'm a Max Holloway stand, he's also married to Miss Hawaii.
1: Dude's winning. Dude's winning. Dude's winning. Dude's yeah. winning. You physically c- couldn't let him be the best fighter in the world because he's winning in too many other aspects. Yeah. Be- <laughs> we had to bring in Wolkonski. <laughs> yeah. We we had to. That'd be, like, that'd be like if like Tom Brady ends up becoming like the best commissioner or some shit. Like he yeah. owns a team and they end up winning the prem. It's like, okay, you're literally Jesus. Yeah, um, you gotta, yeah, we, we gotta flaw you somehow. Yeah, like yeah. Our knock on you. You know what? You know what they did to Tom Brady? They they made him they made him like kissing kids too much. <laughs> That's his knock. That's his all knock. Right, all right, we're done. We're
0: done. We're done with this. We're done. <laughs>
1: Um, by the way, kissing his own kids, we're just gonna re clarify that before we come back. Um, uh, anywho, um, finish it and- off uh, with our
0: usual yeah. little ender. We got a little draft. I know Zach said he had one, unless you want me to do
1: mine. What was mine on again? I think I was just messing around. Oh, things that are myths, yeah, yeah, <laughs> things that are real but are actually myths. Uh, n- number one, jujitsu, just stand up, <laughs> just stand up.
0: Um, I, I've been thinking about this one a bunch recently and I kind of want to do it is, uh, dream podcast guest? I've been thinking about it a bunch actually. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want me to start or you want to start.
1: Uh, I'll let you start. I need the blank brain juices to get flowing. So my
0: number one, uh, so let, let, let's do this in a draft as in just picking them because I don't have an order of importance. I just have like guys I've been thinking of my, m- the first one I'm going to name, I'm going to go Rick Rubin.
1: Um. Music producer, he's wait, dead or alive or only alive? Let's do only alive. Only Only alive, alive. Rick Rubin's alive. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, for my we'll
0: do only alive, we'll do a dead one. Oh, that's good. We'll do an alive one this time, and then we'll do a dead one next pod. Okay, so uh, so real quick, just so I can, this is all clippable. Our draft is not in order, just in general, five picks, a live dream podcast guest. My first pick, I'm going with.
1: I'm gonna add this one thing, that may. Let me know if you're okay with it. The one thing I'll say is we can't pick people from the same like career path, I suppose. So if you pick a too hard, that's gonna make it too hard. All right, fair enough.
0: Let's keep it on. I'm gonna try try to mix mine up. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go Rick Rubin, my number one. He, I, I'm a huge fan of his. He's a mu- giant music producer, w- very well known for helping with Kanye, Outkast, the B, uh, Beastie Boys, Jay Z. Like he's done it all. Um, he's a great book. I just bought it. I'm about to read it. He's just a super cool philosophical guy. That he's not even like a really big music guy. He just understands like life, and that's really helped him, uh, involved with his music. So I'd love to sit down and talk with him. So I'm gonna go Rick Rubin right there.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'll stick. To yours, uh only because like I'll stick like the music route. Um, I'm gonna go with a more interesting take just because I think it would be hilarious and you just don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna go Kanye.
0: Kanye would um, be, be very good.
1: Kanye would be a very interesting one to have on, only because I don't know where the topic of conversation may go, and I don't think you could ever be bored talking to the guy. I think his mind is like enigmatic where he just like can go on tangents on anything. Um when my favorite thing ever is when he did that thing where he's like, I want – he's like, I want to be an ubiquitous Like, he's like, I want to be ubiquitous. He's like – and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes, do you know the guy that created the sidewalk or the water fountain or the stop sign? He goes, no, but these are things we use in everyday life. And I'm like, holy shit. Dude.
0: No, dude, some of the times he says some shit that's stupid, but then when you, like, really listen to it, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, damn. damn. Um, my number two, I'm going to go with Keanu Reeves. Uh, he doesn't really do media he hates being famous which makes me like him that much more um and he's been in like the most badass movies ever and he's just like a really down-to-earth guy so I'm gonna go with Keanu Reeves for number two
1: nice uh my number two uh I'm gonna stick on my just kind of outlandish crazy things and because I've never seen him as a podcast guest uh, I'm gonna go Donald Trump I think it'd be the funniest well he was on Nelk he was on Nelk oh he was on Nelk that's right
0: um, I still think it'd be a fucking awesome podcast, especially yeah. if we talked
1: no politics, like yeah. we shot the if shit we would, with Donald Trump. You know, if we wouldn't talk politics, it would just be sports. Yeah. By the way, nothing crazier than when uh, he showed up to the Izzy Pereira fight. And we were so confused. We're like, why the fuck is there like 20 security guards right now? And they parted ways and just Donald Trump showed up and everyone was like, oh my
0: fucking God. He's smart at attacking the market, bro. And he was at the NCAA finals. He shook the hand of every NCAA champion. Like, he's getting that MMA following. He's, he's, he's good uh, at marketing that. My yeah. third one's a little weird, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I've been thinking about it. I'll, I'm going to go with Pitbull. Mr. wide. Um, really? he, he came from Cuba was like very not rich was very hood and was like a very like gangster rapper like cholo vibes and then blew up into this like pop icon you know so like i think he'd have a lot of stories and i think it'd be really cool to like sit down with him i also saw on twitter there was this walmart in alaska that was like raising money and they wanted pitbull to come visit them so bad and he fucking flew out to alaska and hung out with the walmart employees so like i think he'd be the boy too
1: oh shit that's actually goaded to behavior though yeah so,
0: no no I, he's the boy. I think i think it'd be cool to see someone that had nothing to get to the fame because he's so big when you google pitbull he comes up before the dog and he's named after the dog it, like it, that's fucking true. sick
1: this is true uh my number three is gonna be morgan freeman
0: Ooh, that'd be very fun
1: yeah i just think I, I don't think i've ever heard anything about this man's personal life or what he does he just literally is just vibing and then he shows up in movies and you're just like that, that guy, play, that's the only guy you can cast as God in a movie. And you'd be like, that fits. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's cool. Give me a uh, number four.
0: Give me action Bronson. He's one of those people where like my mom, I, I put him on the other day. Cause he was, on, he did uh, the tiny desk and my mom's like, who, who is this guy? Like, What's he famous for? And I was like, honestly, mom, he's kind of famous for being himself. Like, you can't really be, like, oh, he's this or that. I mean, like, he's a musician. He also does the cooking shit. He also has, like, he's, like, best friends with, like, Cheeto Vera and, like, other athletes. Like, Action Bronson is someone that, like, made a living. Like, he's boys with Joe Rogan. Like, just being Action Bronson. You know, and that's why it's, like, I fucking love Action Bronson. Like, he goes surfing in Rockaway Beach where Jag's at all the time. Like, Action Bronson is just Action Bronson. Like, I would love, you know, he lost, like, 150 pounds. He's on, like, this, like, quest now to, like, change his health, like, I think he'd be a sick pod. I think he'd be a sick guest.
1: I agree. Uh, My number four is going to be Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah. Oh, great one. Great one. Yeah.
1: Uh, great I know team. he has his own podcast, but just to be able to sit down with a man who literally has gone through so much in his life and has done a complete 180. And just the fact that like the way he talks about himself is as if he's like removed himself from his own like persona of who he used to be. Like he lives a different life now. A
0: different that- chapter of the Batman series
1: yeah it's like insane and the dude you know didn't have a great upbringing but yet still like has the capacity to like show love and like want to learn about so many things i just think he has a lot of interesting things to talk about and you know i think a lot of the guests he has on um take for granted who they're sitting in front of and they want to ask him about like the funny shit or like the like most controversial shit in his life but i was like if you actually like sat down and like dug deep into this guy I feel like he has like a whole other like world to him so I'm gonna go Mike Tyson I have a lot I could do
0: for my fifth like I I could do this all day thinking about people I'd want to sit down and talk with but I, I know this sounds really dumb but I'm gonna be honest I'm gonna go Justin Bieber I would love to sit down with someone who reached the level of fame he did at that age and to the point where it completely altered the way he had to live life you know like he's one of the people that are like I hate fame. Like, he, like, literally says it all the time. Like, I wish I didn't get famous. Like, it, like, I can't go to Publix. I can't go see a movie. I can't go. He went to church, and they went into church and followed him. Like, he's like, I, I hate it. And it'd be really cool just to see, like, how he literally was a poor kid that just posted a video of him singing on YouTube, and it turned into this international icon. I think it'd be – I also think he'd be the boy. Like, I think if we sat down and, like, we put away all the bullshit and we didn't, like, fantasize over him, we just sat down and shot the shit, I think he'd be the fucking boy.
1: Yeah, um i'm torn between my fifth there are two we can two, do six we can do six i could do six well my five and six would be like the same people so i'm just gonna i'm gonna say who i'm going with but my honor i'll have an honorable mention uh to this guy i'll shout him out as well my five is gonna be guy fieri um guy fieri, I,
0: like the cook like the chef or like the like the, like the, like the show guy yeah. Fuck
1: yeah that's a fire one Yeah, I want to go Guy Fieri. My other guy I was thinking of was Gordon Ramsay. someone Someone that's been at the pinnacle of the chef world and just so held in such a high regard in cooking. But, you know, still is like, like when you watch his shows, when he works with kids and adults, like he's been in and out of like everything chef related. But, you know, the reason why I'm leaning more towards Guy Fieri is he lives such like such a laid back lifestyle. Like you never see TMZ reports of like Guy Fieri. You just like, like, but like at a sporting event, they're just like, "Oh my god, there's Guy Fieri!" And they're yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Like it's like
0: no you one know, knows. What's awesome going too. Is I talked to Gunther about this. It's awesome because like Gordon Ramsay got to where he's at because he's like the best chef in the entire world. Guy think- Fieri was a guy that like eating food
1: and was like, "That shit's good." And people were like, "He says it's good, it's good." That's and then guys- it blew up. And then it blew up. Yeah, this man, this man just invented Flavor Town, and people were like, "Oh my god." oh my God, like this is the, this is the spokesperson for eating. But the thing is, is, is a lot of chefs and
0: restaurants appreciate what he did. Cause he brought a life to like the, the fame and, and keeping alive, like good cooking and stuff. Like he really did like, yeah, he's not credentialed, but like they respect him because he kept that like alive and he made the food industry become popular enough that people could
1: do it for a living. Yeah. And uh, like, I just have such a respect for him. And like outside of cooking, I feel like this man has done everything. Oh, I bet he's so fucking cool, dude. I bet he's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and, like, he would definitely be down and just, like, sit down and talk about anything other than food. But then when yeah. you did talk about food, he'd be like, oh, dude, I got the best spot, yeah. like, everywhere. Like, he he knows where food is everywhere in the world. Like, that's just who he is. So yeah. I'm going I'm to take yeah. Guy Fieri for my fifth spot. But honorable mention to Gordon Ramsay just because he's, like, the goat. Yeah, for sure. But,
0: um, yeah, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, Random Sports Pod number five, I believe, I think, episode 96 or 97. Thank you guys for tuning in. Next week, we will finally be back to talking
1: football. How nice is that? But, and you, yeah. um, our next pod, we're probably going to go over. We're going to shout our fantasy league. I'm still setting that up, so it will be done by this week, but we do have a post out about it. If you want to see our members, go check out that Instagram post. Uh, we have a little fun facts about everyone included. Remember, this league is not about winning money. It's about who can we punish in the worst way possible. This is the punishment league of clocks on the stove with that being said episode 96 random sports four or five i don't even remember anymore but we are in the championship rounds good evening